Big day in politics. We know what's happening in our province. We have the by-election taking place in Brooks Medicine Hat. The Premier trying to win a seat. And then across the border in the U.S., um, a momentous occasion. These are uh, some of the most important midterms. Seeing all kinds of people on social media today saying this is the most important election of our life. Uh, that's been said about other elections recently, but uh, this is a big one, no question about it. To help us walk us through what uh, we should be keeping an eye on and what's at stake here, we're going to chat with Dr. John Cluverius, an as- associate professor of political science at UMass Lowell Center for Public Opinion. Uh, Dr. Cluverius, thanks so much for your time. I appreciate you joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Um, the focus today, uh, what, what, what is at stake? This comes down to who controls the Senate and therefore Congress, right? Uh, both the House and Senate yeah. in the U.S. Are, are on the table today. There are um, a third of the U.S. Senate is, is up for grabs. Um, but with the Senate so evenly divided and so many close races, um, control of the U.S. Senate, which party controls it, will definitely be, de- be determined today. And then the entire House of Representatives is also up today. Um, what are the, the battleground states, so to speak? What is being most closely watched? So we have a really interesting and really big set of of Senate battlegrounds um, uh, all over the country um, in New Hampshire, in Arizona, uh, Ohio, Georgia, Pennsylvania. Um, I am I'm sure that I'm missing one already. Um, New York, I think, is in play, right? Uh, New York, no. New York, probably not. Today. Um, uh, Senator Schumer will probably coast uh, coast to an easy victory today. Um, but um, but what we're really seeing too are overall um, a lot of the uh, professional forecasts of these races seem to be getting closer and closer, and a lot of the um, a lot of the polling um, that we've uh, seen show uh, a. a a large number of of these uh, Senate races that will be determined by a very, very small margin of victory. And yet we're talking really about the political future yes. of the country that is going to hinge on on what is comparatively just a handful of votes. And, and, you know, and I don't think that's overstating it. We've heard that from so many people. You had Joe Biden and Barack Obama both talking about how democracy itself is on the ballot in these elections. Why are they so important? Like you say, the political future of the United States. Well, you know, for one thing, there are um, a there. The President Biden has really set up a, a broad agenda that he wants to accomplish. And um, Republicans have been determined to obstruct that agenda every step of the way. When you, anytime you have divided control, uh, where one party has the presidency and another party yeah. has Congress, yeah. it's very difficult to get things done. But um, the country has become so much more polarized and the two parties are at such odds with one another that it's uh, not only is it difficult to get things done, but you really create a much more combative and hostile environment, um, both for uh, how people feel about each other, but also in terms of, you know, who won a dispute over basic facts about who won the election, how votes are going to be counted. 
And so I think that you've seen a lot of um, politicians talking about what's really at stake is whether or not we're going to have um, elections that are entirely fair or elections where bad actors might have an opportunity to overturn votes in the country. And it's, it's very serious. It's very close. And it's extremely unpredictable right now. It's going to be fascinating to watch tonight. There's no question. And like you say, I mean, there's a lot at stake here. How much of it comes down to issues, do you think? I mean, over the course of the campaign, it seems like you say with the polarization, with the division, the issues almost fall to the wayside in terms of the tribalism. You think that's a fair assessment? You know, well, so two things I'll say. It's not just going to be an interesting night. We might not know as as, uh, some of these pivotal states um, take a long time to count. And because there are so many congressional districts that are competitive in California, um, we, we might not, and California takes a long time to count, we might not know the final outcome for another week. But I think issues actually have become uh, centered in this race. There's just a lot of division over them. Um, you know, the issue of abortion certainly, I think, has mm-hmm. um, become front and center as uh, the Supreme Court overturned historic precedents protecting ab- abortion rights in the United States. Um, that's led to a massive surge of uh, voter registrations and uh, primary election participation among unmarried women in particular. Uh, we've also seen um, the the issue of inflation doesn't really divide voters, but who to blame for inflation and who um, who's ultimately responsible for inflation is hugely divisive. In polls we've done in states, we even see um, Republican voters much more um, intent on blaming politicians for uh, rising prices, whereas Democrats are more likely to say that it's circumstances beyond yes. the control of politicians and policy. Yeah, exactly. Um, one last one, and then I'll let you go. And like, and you touched on it earlier, but I just I'm, I'm wondering in terms of what happens today. Um, <sighs> depending on who wins which race uh but like there's there's over 300 candidates that say the last election was stolen so once the votes are counted i mean how big of an issue could that be um should the democrats retain control um where does that take us in terms of the fact that there's already before this even started that it was fixed well um so i think we have a couple uh, a couple things that are are really dangerous about this one is not just whether the candidates today win or uh, who deny the results of the 2022 uh, or the uh, the 2020 election, whether those candidates win or lose today doesn't change the fact that over 70, almost 70 percent of Republican voters in nearly every poll that you run say that Donald Trump won the 2020 election, which he did not. We have to say that over and over mm-hmm. again. But that I don't think that belief goes away regardless no. of whatever happens today. And so the question is, when when Republican officials are making appeals to those voters, what decisions they're going to make. And that, to me, is the thing that's most troubling. Regardless of what people say in public, it is it is difficult to contravene the will of the people who who brought you to power and who who are your your reliable voters over time. Yeah, exactly. And, and and like I say, what what are you watching most closely tonight? I, I think Pennsylvania seems to get a lot of headlines. You mentioned Georgia. That's another one of those. The the two biggies for you. What else? Or Arizona? What what, what we'll be focused on tonight? Tonight, uh, tonight. So there are uh, New Hampshire 
and Arizona, I don't think are going, we're not going to know final results tonight. Georgia is the one I'm keeping my eye on most yep. because they count efficiently and they count fairly quickly. Um, if, if that is, if that, and also they require a 50% threshold to take the seat. If that race goes to runoff, we'll have more uncertainty. But if the Democrat Raphael Warnock wins, I think it's it's going to be starting out to indicate really good national trends for Democrats. Um, if the Republican Herschel Walker wins outright, I think you're you're going to see strong leading indicators that night uh, for for Republican wins overall. Although there are so many uh, voters in in Pennsylvania, in New Hampshire, and in Arizona, all of them who say they're splitting their tickets between Republican mm-hmm. and Democratic statewide candidates for governor and Senate. There's so much uncertainty in this race, it's hard to predict. Yeah, it's going to be fascinating to watch. Uh, Doctor, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you joining us today. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.